Raisin Brand is a podcast made for video professionals, marketing managers, top-notch designers, and ambitious minds, helping your business grow one topic at a time. All right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Raisin Brand Podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm a, a brand strategist here with Pixel Labs, excited to host today's topic, which we're going to be talking about, what is an influencer? And I'm really excited to have a special guest here today. We are joined by Mary Clark. Um, who actually is an associate professor of digital media and a freelance content creator. So there's going to be a lot of very interesting information that she's going to be able to provide us related to, you know, how you balance this with a, with a day job, you know, how you find your niche and different, um, different focuses of your content. So Mary, super excited to have you here talking about this today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to virtually meet you guys and be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, it is kind of, um, it's so nice. I think, you know, in, in recent years, you know, with kind of what had all went on kind of allowing us to really push forward this idea of meeting virtually, hosting podcasts virtually. It's great that even though we're not too far away from each other, it's so, so easy to connect and get on here and, and share some good information. So we appreciate your time as well. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Awesome. So Mary, thinking about the title, you know, being the question, what is an influencer? Do you kind of want to start off giving a little bit of your background, a little bit of your experience, but then going ahead and actually answering the question in your own words? Yeah. So my background and experience, um, especially for quote unquote, how, how young I am, um, I have a lot of it. So my background, um, I went to the University of Iowa. I got my bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communication. Um, and that's really kind of where I found my my love of digital media. Um, I got super involved on campus with a, a couple of student clubs. Um, I was a pink rep for Victoria's Secret Pink. So I was able to host on-campus events and take their social media and really run with it. And that was kind of the, the early stages of me doing content creation before it was super big. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get on with the athletic department doing game day content on the field um, for all the fans on social media in-house. Um, so that's really where my content creation kind of started back. Like I said before, content creation was was really big um, from my jobs at Iowa and all the positions I had there. Um, I kind of got into education. It was always my my goal long term to to teach. I love working with people. And um, part of my jobs at Iowa was was working with other students. And I just really loved that part of collaboration and working with people and just kind of showing them, you know, what works for me and, and helping them find find their own kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I applied for a job, um, as an instructor of digital media, just kind of took a chance on it and I got it. And that's kind of led me to where I am today. So I currently teach at a community college in Iowa, Indian Hills Community College. Um, I teach online in the digital media department for Southern New Hampshire University. You've probably seen their commercials on, on TV. It's an online university. Um, and then I'm also going to start teaching at Drake, um, one class in the evenings at, um, at Drake this fall. So, um, all in the marketing, social media, digital realm of things. So I will be very busy. Um, but with with teaching, you kind of get away from from the content creation and the social media management. And in my realm, that's super important to be on top of all of that stuff, especially when you're teaching it. Um, so as I started teaching, you know, TikTok came about and I had to add it to my curriculum. And I'm like, well, I, I'm going to feel like a phony if I'm lecturing about TikTok and teaching you know, people how to be successful on TikTok and, and all of these apps that are up and coming when I really have no experience in them. So that's kind of where I got into TikTok and content creation and just kind of building a brand online for myself. Um, so that kind of leads to your question, you know, what is an influencer, um, which I feel like the definition is changing all the time. Um, influencer, depending on who you ask, can kind of have a good connotation or a bad connotation. 
Um, but really anyone and everyone has influence, especially today, whether you're on social media or whether we're talking face to face like we are right now. Um, even more so those, you know, smaller accounts on social media are, are sometimes more important than those those accounts on social media that have a million plus followers. Um, so really just anyone on social media um, that has anything to say, I, I would say is an influencer. Really, all of us have have influence regardless of if we're on social media and sharing what we love or if we're just talking face to face like we are right now. Um, influence really kind of is just it's everywhere, especially today with how popular digital media is. And I'm really mm -hmm. sorry for that long winded. answer. No, that was that was beautiful. Like, I think you answered it and we're good to go. Just wrap up the podcast now. No, <laughs> um, no I think that that's a fascinating point. The, you know, whether or not you have, you know, a social media account with a lot of followers or not, you do have influence. I um, mean, you have a reputation. And so that's always something to keep in mind. I think that's a great point. Um, I know, you know, especially for some people and you and you mentioned it a little bit influencer can be kind of a negative term so yeah. would you consider yourself an influencer or how would you describe yourself when talking about what you've built or what you've developed yeah so i i go back and forth like influencer and content creator they they so easily go hand in hand especially today just with how how combined everything is um i don't know i think i prefer the term content creator because i really mm -hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't say I have a, a niche like a lot of influencers have. That's kind of the thing that separates influencers and content creators. Influencers, they build a brand for their themselves. They're kind of known as, um, you know, a fitness influencer, or a beauty influencer or a food influencer, a hunting influencer. They kind of have that that topic that they're seen as a, a professional in, um, whereas content creators just kind of create things they're passionate about. Um, and that's really what I like to do. I, with my social media platforms, just kind of post anything and everything I that pertains to me. Um, I, I kind of have some some repetition with certain videos that I post. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the content creation side of things, um, having that flexibility, really focusing on the creative process and having a whole bunch of passions rather than one specific niche that a lot of influencers are, are known as. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a great point. And actually, maybe before we get too much farther along, would you be willing to kind of, I know you just said that there's a lot of different things you cover, but kind of encapsulate what is that brand that you built? What types of things yeah. do you cover? Um, would you be willing to share some of that? Yeah, so um, I started posting on TikTok. Like I said, I, I knew I had to start adding it into my curriculum at work. Um, and I like, I'm going to start teaching students about this and how to create content and how to work TikTok, how to understand the algorithm and track analytics. I, I need to be doing this. Um, I don't have like a side business or anything that I'm currently working on now. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to start posting, tracking my own analytics, see how things are going. Um, so my very first ever video I posted, it was like in the middle of January. It was freezing cold. And my fiance and I decided to go to Des Moines and just like highlight what we were doing that evening. There was nothing to do. So we went and did a happy hour and then we went to dinner and I just kind of called it like a date night in Iowa. And it blew up. Don't know why. I, I don't know what I did, but you know, people in Iowa could relate. And a lot of Iowa people saw it and started commenting like, hi, from Council Bluffs. Hi, from Dubuque. Oh, I love Bubba. I love Hello Marjorie. And it just kind of helped my video boost. Um, so that knowing it, it did so well, I kind of started to repeat that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of I'd say if I'm known for anything on TikTok, which I don't really think I'm known for anything, but it's probably the date night videos. Um, just because I am a foodie. I love to go out to eat. I love trying new places. Um, I personally love watching food videos and whenever I go to travel places, those are the kind of videos that I look for. Um, so that's definitely, I'd say, one of the most consistent videos you'll see on my TikTok. Um, I, I do have a golden retriever puppy. She's eight months old, so I post a lot of videos of her. 
um, my coffee. I like to the aesthetic, like ASMR coffee videos. I'll post those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing with with my type of content. I I just post whatever you know I I like to consume. I don't really have a, a certain niche where I oh I really like coffee videos, but I'm known for date night videos, and that's what I have influence over. So I can only post those. Um, I kind of have that flexibility there, but definitely the the date night titled videos on my TikToks definitely do the best. Okay. And so just, uh, was that the first video you ever posted that that was the one and that one did well? Like you started off really yeah. interesting. Okay. Yep. I, think, I think I had posted one and it was, I think I posted one before that and I, I took it down not too long after because I'm like, oh, that's, you know, dumb. I like, uh, there is this trend going around with long hair. You could like make a little bun out of a pencil if you didn't have a hair tie. Oh, okay. That like a hundred views and then I got embarrassed. I'm like, no one's going to look at this. And I <laughs> took it down. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I just posted that one. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do it, put myself out there, see what it does. Um, and yeah, but that's the thing with TikTok too is, I mean, you could post consistently for two weeks and have a hundred views on a video or you could post one time and just get lucky and have, you know, 50,000 views and it's, it's, it's an animal all on its own TikTok is, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one thing that I think is interesting is, for a lot of people, whether it's, you know, somebody that has aspirations of being an influencer or growing their social media accounts or even just businesses that, mm-hmm. you know, have been businesses for a long time, been successful businesses that want to jump onto social media, getting yeah. to the point where they make that first video is mm-hmm. such a mountain to climb and get over. Can you talk a little bit? Because I think you have a fascinating perspective um, being an educator because, you know, educators, they're doing content creation, you know, whether they think they are or not. I mean, it's content creation, content packaging, and then presenting it. They yeah. just don't have a camera and their audience are the kiddos that are in their room. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, obviously the curriculum you were developing, you feel kind of called you to do it because you wanted to be able to talk from experience. But what actually was that pretty hard to get over that initial hump of actually getting from the camera, actually creating that content and inviting folks into your life like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I all throughout my time at Iowa, too, I've always been the person behind the camera and that's how I prefer it. That's what my degree is in. That's what all my experience is in. I love the filming, editing, producing side of things. I do not like being in front of the camera. When I was in journalism school, I had to take a couple classes where we had to do like face. Oh, it was terrible. I I do. I do not like it at all. Um, So, yeah, that was really scary for me, especially you know, putting yourself out there on social media, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want my, you know, Aunt Vanessa to see this and judge what I'm saying, or I don't want, you know, my students to see this and, and judge what I'm saying, or my coworkers. Everyone's just so afraid to put themselves out there. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing for me was just, you know, people thinking, oh, this is dumb, or what is she doing, or that, you know, that video isn't funny, or that video isn't cool. Um, but I mean, once you once you get over that, I, I you're never going to get that kind of feedback, or at least I personally haven't. Um, everything I've put out has always been been good. And that was one thing I was afraid of, too, was just, I mean, you if you go through TikTok comments, there are some horrible things on, on mm-hmm. videos and people can be really ruthless. And um, I've actually had a really great experience. I've met friends from TikTok. I've um, gained a lot of connections from TikTok. So it's been really, really good for me. Um, but yeah, I think just putting yourself out there I mean, with putting yourself out there, people are going to talk regardless. But if you're having fun with the content you're making, you're passionate about the content you're making, um, I say you just do it. And even for me now, it's, it's kind of fun to, to look back on the videos that I post from like a year ago, two years ago. Um, it's kind of like a virtual memory book. So, I mean, even if, if people aren't watching your videos, you're not making any money off TikTok or growing a huge following, um, even just 
for my own viewing, it's just really nice to have those memories documented and to have at your fingertips. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's a really good point as well. Just being able yeah. to, you know, and I even think about like whether it was making videos in, in high school for a class or for speech yeah. or something like just to have those look back, you're like, oh, what a goofball I was. <laughs> like yeah. you sometimes have some of those fun experiences. So yeah, you don't realize um, it in the moment, but as time goes on and you look, like you said, you look back at your high school stuff. It's like, you know, I'm glad I have that recorded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. talk a little bit. So you you built the courage to do the first, you know, the first videos and now you've made several since then. Talk about, you know, what's your what's your process of determining if something's a good idea or when do you know, yes, this is right to try or no, that video doesn't quite fit into my brand. How do you talk a little bit about that process and how you decide what content to to put together or what's okay to share? Yeah. So anything, yeah, like anytime I go out to eat and it's kind of a running joke with my friends. Um, they know that if we're going out to eat, it's like if your drink comes, just give me like two seconds so I can get like <laughs> photo and video of it. Give me two seconds mm-hmm. before I dig into your food so I can get a little photo and video. Um, so yeah, anytime I go out to eat, it's, you know, oh, let's just, you know, it's going to take me two seconds to record these clips. Let's just highlight what I'm doing. Um, but that's also where you kind of get into it. It's like, okay, do I want to go out and have to remember when our appetizer comes, get a video. When we walk up to the restaurant, grab a video. When we leave, grab a video. Or do I want to be in the moment and just enjoy like a happy hour with my friends or just enjoy a dinner with my friends and be in the moment? Um, so I, I kind of determine beforehand, okay, who am I going out to dinner with? Do I want to be in the moment? Do I want to, you know, be cognizant about getting clips? Um, so almost anytime I'm going out to eat, I try to highlight that just since, like I said, that's what I'm kind of known for on my channel. And, and I like, I think those typically do the best. Um, but yeah, anything other than that, um, it's kind of spur of the moment for me as of right now, unless I have a brand that reaches out, um, then it's kind of sitting down, planning out what the brand wants, how I can make it feel like something I'm posting organically, um, how it fits into me as a person. Um, Also making sure the product, I I truly like the product or the item that I've I've been given, um, because that's kind of a hot topic too, is um, not really having that transparency with influencers on social media as people just promoting things because they're getting them for free and not really having that honesty. Um, so if a brand comes to me, that takes a little bit more planning and time. Um, other than that, I just kind of go, you know, am I feeling it? Do I want to record and put something together or do I want to just kind of go about my day and, and do whatever? Mm-hmm. And so a couple things, and then I'd like to get to that brand portion of it. One, I do think there's magic in kind of being in the moment on social media. You know, it's always great to plan ahead, plan ahead content, but really capturing what's going on, what you're actually doing and, and you're yeah. actually experiencing in the moment. I think there's magic to that that helps things do well. Um, but a quick question I'd like to have is, uh, one, I really appreciate that you're like, hey, is this is this a dinner? Is this a time with friends that it's like, this is just about us. It's not about yeah. everybody else. Um, but then you know, you've determined when it is a good time to, to bring your brand into it, you know, be able to capture that. Did you have to have conversations with friends, like just to make sure it's okay? Or, you know, for folks that maybe want to be, or include more of their family, include more aspects of their life in their brand. Have you had to have conversations like that? Or maybe what did that look like just to get there? Okay. Yeah. So when it comes to super close friends, like best friends, fiance, family. I mean, they just know that's me at this point. Um, even before I started posting on TikTok, I've always been, oh my gosh, let's take a picture of this food. Like I've just, I've always been someone that just documents all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to really, really close people in my life, they just kind of know like that's Mary <laughs> going to do her own thing. Yeah. Oh, um, but I mean, I do have friends and, and family members that are like anti-social media and people in my life that are anti-social media. So I kind of know with them, like, okay, if we're going out to dinner with them, if we're doing drinks with them if we're going to be with them I 
I'm going to keep my phone away, respect, you know, their beliefs, respect um, their boundaries they have. Um, but if it's, it's someone kind of in the middle, I'll just say, hey, do you do you want to be my TikTok? Do you care if I make a TikTok video? Um, and a lot of the time it's like, oh, you're, yeah, like put me in your TikTok. Yeah, I get a picture of me with my drink, get a picture of me with my food. Um, so I kind of feel out the water if I know you super well and know kind of your stance on things. I know you won't care, then I'll just kind of do my own thing. Um, but if I also know you, you know, aren't a big social media person, I'll just kind of be respectful and not not do anything. Mm -hmm. And actually, one more question, then the brand, um, the brand aspect of it. Do you have certain times that you're like, or, or kind of a certain framework for, you know, like this certain amount of time I try to be online, I try to be engaging, make content, but I still want to reserve some time where I don't look at it or I don't look at it, you know, after a certain time of night. Do you have any rules like that to kind of balance out the having a following versus the keeping it like in the moment and personal? Yeah, um, I want to say yes, but I really don't. That's one thing I'm actively trying to work on. It's, it's just it's so hard because with my job, I'm on social media. I'm a big part of my my job is staying up to date with, you know, social media trends and the algorithms and looking at creators um, so, I mean, a lot of that prep and research is done on social media. Um, but again, prepping and researching and doing social media for work, it's not the kind of content I typically want to consume, which is just kind of that mindful scrolling, seeing what your <laughs> friends are doing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I really am not that great at setting those boundaries. Um, I try to set aside a couple hours a day when it comes to just like my own personal TikTok, when it comes to responding to comments. Um, thinking about videos, like I said, it, it really comes down to if I have like a brand I'm working with, because then you're going to be set with deadlines. Um, but if I'm not working with a brand, it's just kind of all over the place. When I have that structure and deadline with a brand, I'm a lot more organized and put together. Um, but that's definitely something I'm trying to work on as well as having those limits of, okay, I've been on social media all day today for this job, for that job, for that job. I need to put my phone down, be in the moment, go sit outside for a little bit, look at, you know, wildlife or trees something other than a <laughs> um yeah something i'm i'm actively working on something i need okay. to get better at but it's a well, little i'm sure that there's i'm sure there's a balance for everybody too you know what you, what's going to work for you is going to be different than somebody else you know and different things there um okay so now getting into the brand aspect of it um talk a little bit about how long did it take before you started yeah. getting requests for brands <laughs> for partnerships and then maybe what did what did those start to look like as they kind of came to be yeah so it was honestly not too long after I started posting um, the date night videos. Um, can't remember how many I had posted, but a couple of restaurants started to reach out and they were like, hey, like if you're in the Des Moines area, we'd love for you to come check this place out or, or check this place out. We'd love to work with you here. Come try this. Um, so I kind of just started out with brands noticing me um, and then it kind of came came to, oh, hey, here's a $50 gift card for you to come in. Like, you know, don't, they don't even say like, hey, we require you to make a TikTok, but me being me, I feel obligated. If you're going to give me a $50 right. card, I'm obviously going to highlight you on my, on my video. Um, so yeah, that's been really good. Um, honestly, putting your email in your TikTok bio was like the best thing I've ever done. Um, I did that. I don't even know when I maybe hit like 5,000 followers. I just put my email in my uh, bio box and that's actually done a lot for me. That's when like just random brands started to, to start popping in. The biggest brand that I worked with, which I still don't know how this happened, I think they had the wrong Mary Clark because I got their email and I was like, this is spam. I looked at the girl's email on LinkedIn and verified her on social media and I was still like, okay, they did not mean to email me. Um, was Good American. They oh, reached wow. out, sent me um, a pair of shorts and a bodysuit and they were just like, hey, we'd love to send you two of these items. 
um, if, you, if you feel inclined to make a, a video just talking about how you like the product, how you style it, um, you know, fill out this form, we'll, we'll send it out. And that's, that's been the biggest thing. And the only thing I can think of is I had my, my email in my bio and someone just must've come across my page and wanted to give me something. Um, but yeah, there've been other brands I've worked with, a couple skincare brands, um, I've worked with Kosas. They're like a, a new and up and coming makeup brand. So honestly, that's when things really started to come in. I wouldn't say it was at a certain follower mark. I'd, I'd say it's more so when I just put my my email in that bio box because um, you never know who's going to come across your page. That's like the power of TikTok and the TikTok algorithm is, I mean, you're just filtered in there and anyone and everyone can can see your videos. So um, yeah, you just got to pop up on the right page. And then if they come to your profile, your email is going to be right there at their disposal they can easily contact you. So that was the biggest thing I think for me, honestly, as silly as that sounds, but yeah, just no, putting my I, bio. I think that's a great tip and something that yeah. people can take away and it's very easy to do. Yeah. Um, did you have anything before, like like a link tree or something before that, or was it just empty before? Um, before that, I did have a link tree and I had it linked to like my, my Instagram page um, just because like what two or three summers ago my Instagram got hacked and I had to get a new Instagram and I'm like any of my old Instagram people are following me out here they can get to my new Instagram so I think I had my Instagram and my Pinterest um and then shortly after that I got an Amazon storefront just because that's like the new and cool thing to do is to get an Amazon storefront so I jumped on that bandwagon and put that in there um but yeah I mean if you even go to my profile you'll see my name I think my pronouns are on there um, and then my email is like right, right there and it's visible. You just click on it and then it'll copy and paste into a browser for you. So yeah, I'd highly recommend anyone who's wanting to work with brands or just have a sort of contact info on there that's not your phone number. Um, yeah, just throw your email in that, that bio box. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great tip. Um, yeah. okay. So then a couple more things on brands. So once that started going in and you talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but assessing fit with the brands that are connecting with you and assessing like, yeah. is this going to be right for my audience? Does this make sense? Um, talk a little bit about that. And then especially if they're ones that maybe weren't a fit, maybe you don't have to name specific names, of course, but yeah. just talking through what did you go through? It's like, you know, in your head to decide like this is this is the right path or this is the wrong path in terms of a partnership. Yeah. So um, typically what a brand will do is they'll either message you like through TikTok Messenger or if they have like a PR team, they'll they'll send you an email just kind of with a brand brief, their product, what they're looking for you to do, what they want you to talk about. Um, so obviously look through that. First thing is to see what the brand is. Um, like with the Good American example I talked about a little bit ago, I've purchased from them before. So I was instant like, yes, I've loved everything I've gotten from this brand. Like, uh, yeah, you guys are great. Um, so looking at the brand, if I don't know who the brand is, I'll kind of do like a deep dive into their social media. Um, if they're like on Amazon or if they have a website, I'll kind of look at the current reviews if I've never tried the product before. Um, I also try to look at the fine print because a lot of the time in their proposals, they'll say, you know, we're going to send you this product and we want you to say how it makes your skin glow. Um, we want you to talk about the wearability of it. We want, we want you to tell people how much you love it. Um, and I kind of try to steer, steer clear from those types of campaigns. Um, that tell me what I have to say because I could get, you know, the foundation, let's say it's what they want to send me. Um, and I could put it on my skin and it could have a horrible wear time. Um, and I could personally hate it. And I don't want to have to get on social media and be bound by a contract to get on there and say, hey, I love this new foundation. The wear time is great. It lasts all day when it really truly does not. Um, just because I, I really try to trust influencers and people I follow. Um, and you know, I would never recommend that to a friend if it really was a horrible product, you know? 
Um, so I try to steer clear from those types of proposals and, and more so go to proposals that say, you know, talk about your experience with the foundation. Tell us how the foundation fit on your skin. Tell us how long um, you you saw the wear time for. Um, that they more so just want your true opinion and your true thoughts on it. Um, so yeah, and if it's never a, if it's a brand I've never tried before, if it seems like something I would actually use or wear, I'll say yes to it. And if it doesn't really seem like a fit or something I would truly use um, or tell my friends about in real life, I'll just kind of pass on it. And I think that's a great I think that's a great um, thing to take away is definitely reading through those contracts. Have you had yeah. any of that have just been like ridiculously long? Or are they at least pretty easy to consume? Um, there are some that can be really long. And that's one thing, too, if, if anyone ever does get one of those, because that's sometimes how they get you is that, you know, they, they send you this contract, they send you the fine print. A lot of people just see, oh, my gosh, this brand wants to send me, you know, these clothes, this brand wants to send me this I don't know, this mascara, um, and they don't read the fine print or really look into the product. Um, so yeah, always as exciting as it is to get that like first email or, oh my gosh, it's, it's super exciting, but definitely do your research, read the fine print, um, check them out on social media, make sure that the person emailing you is a real person, um, verify their identity on LinkedIn. That's a great way to do it because there have been a lot of spam bots I've gotten to, mm -hmm. um, that try to hack into your email or just you know spam comes through with with all the messages you get um but yeah definitely read through the fine print and see what they're asking for and if it does align with what you want to talk about so be it and if not just just pass on it mm -hmm. that's you the worst thing being bound to something and then having to you know post about it because of the the agreement that you made right right and just some, a little a little something that i'll add to kind of to the topic is you know in addition to what they ask you to do they ask they also can ask you not to do something else. So for example, there's one that I know that they got to deal with Pepsi, but then as a part of it during this whole time frame that they're working with them, they couldn't have anything else competitor wise in there. And you know, you think of Coke being the immediate competitor. That's yeah. not just Coca-Cola. It's, it's the, the sodas that they have, the juices that they have, the waters that they have, you know, and yep. if you're sitting in the wrong spot in a restaurant that can cause contractual issues. That was fascinating to me because that was one of the first times I had, I had seen something like that before, but yeah. have you had anything like that that you've had to consider? Yes. Now that you bring that up, um, almost any time you get I've gotten sent makeup or even the Good American campaign that I did, um, they they said, you know, we don't want to see any competitors. I, I think in my video I had like my Ugg slippers on, which if you like know Uggs, you knew they were Ugg slippers, um, but they just couldn't say like Ugg all across mm, them. Mm -hmm. um, but with a lot of the makeup ones I've gotten as well, it's like no direct makeup competitors. So if I'm using like a elf foundation, um, I can't be using like you know, the Charlotte Tilbury foundation with it or the Charlotte Tilbury concealer. Um, so that's very common too, is that they want a dedicated video to them and only them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very common. Interesting. Okay. And then were there ones, um, just any examples? And again, you don't have to say names, um, but like of, of ones that you got that were total no's, like just off the wall, like they wanted you to review a flashlight. I have no idea, but. Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely gotten some, which again, it's pretty common, but it's just not my brand at all. Like I've gotten like bras and underwear and they're like, you know, we want you to make a video. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I don't know right. if I have a job if I ever did anything like that. And that's also right. just not me. So I've gotten those before. Um, I've gotten like colored contacts from this. This They've reached out a couple times. It's from China. It's kind of a, it looks sketchy, but they're like a colored contacts and Halloween type brand. I'm like, uh, oh, it just doesn't really seem like me. Um, You'll get some 
I will say, if you put your your email in your TikTok bio, it'll do some really good things. We also get some really interesting requests. Um, <laughs> I've gotten one too from from like a a jukebox type thing, like a little portable like jukebox radio type thing. So again, they might be great for someone, but just like for me personally, like I'm not going to be walking around with a little like jukebox. I don't wear. I mean, I'm blind as a bat, so I need my actual contacts. I'm not going to be out here wearing purple contacts. Oh. <laughs> so, right. so yeah, so just. Some off the wall things, but like I said, if they work for you, they work for you. But if they don't, and if it's not something you would use in everyday life, then I'd, I don't know. I wouldn't waste your time on it. Right. Well, and I got. I have to think putting something in your eye that you're not like 100% sure of. That that seems like a good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I passed on those. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. Those are probably the the craziest ones as of recently. But. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people out there. And like I said, you never know who's going to come across your account. So, um, yeah, those are the two probably craziest ones I can think of recently. But I'm sure once I get off here, I'll be like, oh, I should have talked about about that one. But yeah, no, no, those are great examples. I, I think that's perfect. Um, just kind of in a, a continuation off some of those. Have you at all done any outreach? So, for example, you got one makeup brand. Like, does that then spur others or have you done any sort of, of selling um, or has it yeah. all been inbound? Yep. So a lot of them, I come to me, especially just with how busy I personally have got, have gotten. Um, I do have a media kit, which a media kit is something that you can put together um, super easy to. If you don't have a lot of design experience, you can make it in Canva or um, yeah, I'd probably recommend Canva. It's like a very easy graphic design type platform, um, but it's basically a campaign brief. So you'd want to put like the picture in there, um, your name, your handles, what platforms you're active on. Um, you can put your follower count because sometimes brands want to see that. And then that's where you can put a lot of your different content. So screenshots of any like videos, um, if you want to include any analytics, which will show like your views and the amount of likes, and the amount of shares that you have. Um, those are really great to send off to brands. I've sent a couple of those to um, restaurants, which have, have worked out in my favor. They've said, yeah, like, come on in. Um, and they'll kind of talk about like, well, we want like a 30 second to a minute video highlighting like drinks and food and showcase the restaurant. Um, when it comes to beauty brands, I have not done that. Usually I have them come to me just because that industry is is so big and they have so many people in that industry as well. Um, but yeah, if I ever try to like switch over to dedicating more time to like influencing content creation, I'll definitely hone in more on that. Um, but yeah, have a brand guide. I just more so as of right now with how busy I am, kind of just have people come to me at the, for the time being. Yeah. Well, and, and that by itself is a huge, huge point to have that even, you know, it doesn't take a super long time to put one of those together, oh. at least one that provides value. Cause yeah. I do know from the, from the brand's perspective, one thing that we've heard a lot of is they'll reach out to influencers mm -hmm. um, and they're just very non-professional and some influencers, that's like their whole thing is it's, it's goofy or it's not serious, but then on the business front of it, you know, especially when there's going to be a transaction and money involved, Right. There does need to be some sort of professionalism and that having that definitely helps set you up. Was that something you knew to start right away with your experience or is that something that they asked for, a brand asked for or talk a little bit yeah. about that? So that was that was actually one thing that I was taught when I was a campus rep for Victoria's Secret Pink. Um, they were just ahead of the times because this was 2017, 2018, um, which obviously it's a big company. So they had like, you know, trend forecasters and all that kind of stuff. But they really taught us, you know, like establish a brand put one of these portfolios together, have one of these. Um, so I've, I've kind of always had one, which has been really helpful. Um, but one thing I'll say too with that is, you know, even back when I was like first 
putting mine together, I felt really insecure because I'm like, okay, I have, you know, 600 followers on Instagram. TikTok wasn't a thing at this point, but I'm like, you know, who's going to want to come to my profile when I have 600 followers, whereas they could go to this other girl's profile from Ohio State. She had like 10,000 followers, you know, um, whereas today that almost works in your favor with the amount of influences, influencers there are and the different levels of influencers. Um, honestly, where we're at today, the, the less influ the less followers that you have on social media, um, you're almost more targeted because that's going to be the most authentic kind of person anymore. Um, so businesses are really trying to hone in on those really small creators. Um, so for anyone listening, don't be afraid if you don't have a lot of followers or if you think you maybe don't have a lot of followers, um, someone could come across your profile and really find significance there. So just put everything you have together. Like I said, your name, your follower count, the platforms you're on, um, a couple images, uh, just kind of showcasing your brand, who you are, what you're passionate about, um, any analytics you have. So video views, number of likes would be good as well. Um, and you can put it in Canva. It'll design something really pretty for you and you can just easily send that off. But yeah, um, having that has been really, really, really beneficial. And I would recommend anyone wanting to get into influencing to, to put one together. It takes five minutes, like you said, especially if you mm -hmm. use Canva, it's so quick. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you have publicly available or is that something that's kind of just upon request, that actual document? Um, so mine, I just have upon request. I don't have it on a website or anywhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been asked before by like friends and students who are like, can I see like your, your media kit? Can I see like your portfolio? And if they ask, I'll easily give it to them. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure just a quick Google search and you'll get a ton of ideas and, and yeah. different things as well. Yeah. And that's the nice thing too, is you can kind of, you know, with, with creating your own brand, which is like a, a huge term on social media today too, you can really make it however, however you want it to be. There's lots of templates out there, uh, but the more original and the more you, you can make it. Um, the more authentic you're going to come across to a brand too. So there's really no like how to when it comes to that, as long as you have the key points they're typically looking for, the way you want to present it is kind of up to you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. Making sure that it's not somebody else's brand that you're copying or trying yeah. to take the style from, putting yourself in it, making it about you. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of the next little area I'd like to get into. So it sounds like from what you've shared, you started on TikTok, but now you've kind of taken the brand a few different places, you know, Instagram, uh, your Amazon storefront. Talk a little bit about why you decided to branch out um, and ultimately what led to that or and then ultimate, or and then why you decided those specific places. Yeah. So um, actually, this is going to be a little plug for anyone listening to. So a friend of mine told me about this organization called the Hummingbirds. Um, and it started in Des Moines, if I remember correctly, but they're all over the place now. They're in um, Des Moines, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids. Um, they have like pop-ups in Wisconsin now, I think, Columbus. Um, but it's kind of like a little influencer marketing type business um, that started in Des Moines. So a friend of mine told me about it. And she's like, hey, you should join this thing. It's called the Hummingbirds. What they do is they host events and they work with, with businesses. And you'll get some sort of perk as long as you post on Instagram and Facebook. Can you go sit down? I'm sorry. My dog is right here. I'm going to have her just go over this way. No, that is a-okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, you know, you opt in with these brands and you can go to an event or they'll give you a gift card of some sort. And all they ask in return is that you just post about your experience on Instagram or Facebook. So because it wasn't an option to post on TikTok, um, I kind of had to post on Instagram and Facebook. And that's how I kind of filtered it over into Instagram. Um so yeah, that's kind of the the platform I use for my Instagram is any hummingbird type campaigns I'm involved in. Um, and another cool thing about the hummingbirds, since I'm plugging them right now, anyone and everyone is open to join that platform, um, no matter how many followers that you have. So you could 
get on Instagram tomorrow, have two followers, um, and they'll they'll accept you. So that's one really nice thing too, is you don't have to have a certain number of followers. They they're open to anyone and everyone. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I filtered it over into Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, but even I'd say even with my Instagram, I still more so just kind of post, you know, things that I, I love and things that I'm passionate about. I don't really have a niche or anything that that I'm known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, those social media platforms are a little bit different. Talk about do you have any sort of structure to consistency or like, you know, you need to do one post a week, two posts a week. How do you structure some of that? Or is it totally just as you experience it, as you feel like it's right? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So with Instagram, I'd say it's it's very much just however it comes up. If I get a, a cute picture, if I'm going somewhere, you know, everyone does it. If you plan out, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to have a cute outfit on and I want to get a picture for Instagram. Um, I kind of just post on Instagram just on the fly. Whereas TikTok, I'd say since that's kind of my most um, used platform, I have that a little more structured. I aim for at least one video a week, if not two. Um, just again, to keep that consistency, that's really important when you have, um, a social media following, or if you're trying to get into content creation or influencing, you have that consistency, um, with consistency, your followers are going to know, okay, Mary is active. Mary typically posts on Monday mornings or Thursdays, or Mary typically posts on Friday nights when she's out to eat for a date night. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of people on social media will see that dip is if you post consistently, you're posting once a week for four weeks, and then you go dark for six weeks and then you come back and you start posting consistently again um your followers are going to be like oh well who is this person oh yeah i they've been dead to the world for the last six weeks i i forgot all about them and unfollowed them so that's really common with businesses too um that consistency it'll be really really good and then it'll drop off and then they'll come back and they'll see a dip in their following um yeah so i try to be as consistent as i can on tiktok since that's the platform i kind of utilize the most um whereas instagram it's just more so on the fly whenever i feel feel like posting something. Mm-hmm. And I think you made a really good point when you said kind of dead to the world. It's amazing how, you know, with all the information that we consume, if we're not seeing you and being reminded of you, it's almost like we just forget with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, one of my, my first boss out of school always talked about, that's the reason why McDonald's always has advertisements. Like, you know, they're yeah. a thing. You've been there a ton of times. Um, but that's the reason they advertise. Cause if you're not thinking about them or constantly right. being reminded, you're right. not going to, you're not going to know. And it's almost like they're non-existent. Absolutely, um, And that's something that I think businesses, especially ones that are a little bit more mature and have been around for a while, take for yeah. granted is, oh, our customers will always come back. They'll always remember us. Um, but if you're not in their feeds, you're not in front of them. It's easy to forget yeah. about them. I think that that's a really wise point. Especially like you said, you know, with being on social media and scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through TikTok. I mean, some people follow hundreds, if not thousands of accounts. And that's just so much content that you're seeing day to day to day. Like you said, if it's not constantly there in your face, I mean, with all the other things that you have showing up, it's going to just go by the wayside. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, Well, I think we're kind of getting towards the end of the podcast here. You've shared a ton of really great information already. I'd be curious very tactfully um, or tactically with TikTok, because I think there's there's a lot of people, a lot of businesses that are trying to understand it. It's um, it's very specific. You can do it wrong really, really fast, especially businesses. I've seen them put their 30 second commercials on there and it's like, no, this does more harm than good. Um, talk a little bit about specifically what you've learned about TikTok and any advice that you've had for folks considering posting content on TikTok. Yeah. Um, TikTok is a lot. TikTok is one of those things like I, I can give you advice right now and then like next week it could change. So hopefully this is still relevant by the time anyone looks. <laughs> 
Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, with TikTok, um, as little of a thing as this is, having good quality and good lighting is huge. Um, people like nice, pretty aesthetic things. So making sure you're filming, you know, close to a window or by a good light source. Um, by no means do businesses have to go out and buy ring lights and nice cameras. I mean, you can do all of that with your cell phone. Um, but just utilizing good light, having nice, clean, crisp videos are going to be really good. Um, having good sound. Um, there are sometimes if you're, I'm sure you've had this, you scroll on TikTok and it like blows your speaker because the sound is cranked up or it's the, the person talking is so loud. It's, it's so muffled. Having good audio is important too. Um, because with the trending music and, and everything on TikTok, that's people, people are listening on TikTok. So make sure that your audios are good. Your music's good. Everything, everything sounds okay before you post. Um, something I've learned too, and, and from talking to other people, having a face of some sort, or a nice, really crisp image for the first like second or two seconds does really well. Um, I've kind of seen that as well with my videos. If I have like myself in the first frame, typically the watch time is longer. Um, I know with businesses, you can't always have a person in the videos. So if you can't have a face or a person, um, make sure you have an appealing image or something that's gonna captivate that person within the first first clip. So one to two seconds. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, captions are always good or having like a title of what your video is going to get into. Um, don't, you know, put it over the the frame of your face if that's what the, the main image is going to be, but have some sort of title again to kind of hook that person into the video. Um, but yeah, just uh, if, if a business or if there's anyone out there that's wanting to start doing content creation and doesn't really know what to do, uh, just take some time to reflect on what you're watching, like scroll through TikTok and then, okay, you get to a video and you watched it all the way through. Ask yourself, why did I stop on this video? What did I like about it? What did I not like? Why did I watch this whole 60 second video? And just take note of that. Um, if you're a business, kind of look at, you can search on TikTok. It's it's a huge tool. It's, it's a really great tool. Search other businesses or other creators in your industry and see what kind of videos they're posting and see which videos have done really well and what videos haven't done so well and how you can adopt that to your industry or your business um, and kind of kind of do that. TikTok's a great place for inspiration too. So um, with all the trends that are going on too, you can kind of tweak tweak a trend or tweak an audio piece to kind of fit what you're trying to do. So there's a ton of things. I could go on and on all day, but I think those are probably going to be the, the biggest ones. Yeah, no, and I think that's great. I think you can see the educator party of that knows that you have this down and you're able to talk about it and share it. So I think that that's awesome. There were so many great little nuggets in there. Um, especially that search one, I think that's one that people take for granted. You know, yeah. it's, I'm a I'm a plumbing company. What do I make? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, we'll yeah. just look at some other ones and see. And you can see what does well. I mean, it's the metrics Absolutely. are right there. Yeah, the metrics are right there. And it's so crazy because TikTok is coming right up there with Google when it comes to being a search engine. So just as many people are starting to go to TikTok to search for things um, as they are Google, which is insane. That's never happened before with the social media platform. So um, the nice thing about the TikTok search bar is you can get your information and then you can also get it presented in a way that that fits you instead of just reading what Google has to give you. You can actually see and hear and watch what you're searching for. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mary, thank you so, so much for your time today talking about influencing and some of the different um, aspects of it. How can folks, you know, follow along, learn more about what you post? Where can they connect with you and find you? Yeah. So I'm on um, TikTok, Instagram. You can follow me on LinkedIn too. I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's just professional in me. I love LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> but LinkedIn, just Mary Clark. And then on Instagram and TikTok, it's underscore Mary Clark. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, to those that are watching um, and listening today, thank you so much for tuning into the Raisin Brand Podcast. Make sure to stop by our website for more information on this topic and join us on YouTube so you can actually see what we look like as we're having conversations. But again, thank you, Mary, so, so much uh, for your time today. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another Raisin Brand Podcast. Make sure to check out our website at raisinbrand.co and sign up for our email list to make sure you never miss another podcast. 